everybody. I'm Casey Forbes. And I'm Sarah Cuvion. And this is Let the Good Crimes Roll. And today we had a special request to cover Killer Sally. <laughs> By special requ- request, we mean... Um, Cousin Amber. Cousin Amber, yeah. <laughs> to which I had responded, it should have been called Steroid Sally. Yeah, bless it. I thought she was, you remember that show in the 90s with an American Gladiator? Yeah. I thought this was about that. About <laughs> thought, her like, being like an American I Gladiator? she was one of those ladies and she was not. She could have been. She could I mean, have been. For sure. But yeah, she was not. We're actually going to do parts one and part two in this mm-hmm. one setting. I'm going to cover part one. Sarah's going to cover part two. Make sure you go and watch the episode because it is the first two are they're pretty good Mm -hmm. we'll dive into that and then later wait till the very end of the episode for me to tell you how i got kicked off my neighborhood facebook page (laughs) and i'm proud to be the one who fallen on the sword (laughs) so stay tuned after we get done and i'll let everyone know i can't wait to hear this so this is netflix's killer sally this is episode one Season one, Valentine's Day, um, this is only going to be, I think it's a limited time series, mm-hmm. so it, there's not going to be a season two, I would imagine. Yeah. So it's Valentine's Day, 1995, and we hear a 911 call from a woman named Sally McNeil. She's very calm on the f- call, but her daughter in the background is it's the rest of us. not calm, yeah. Ah! <laughs> That's all you hear. Yeah, is, poor baby is wailing in the background. It's so intense that the nine one one operator is like, "Who is screaming in the background? <laughs> like, is that the victim or is that someone else?" And she says, "Well, that's my daughter. I'm not really sure how old her daughter was at the time. She was in the sixth grade, so she was eleven, ten, eleven. Oh gosh, Ooh. yeah. And the son was in the fourth grade at the time. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, he was." precious oh they my both gosh. they both really were cute kids yeah but and he grew up to be a very handsome he's guy so handsome yes he is yes. john if you're single <laughs> i know a single lady uh so we meet present day sally and she's clearly sitting in jail yeah it's pretty obvious uh it's not how i would imagine jail though no you got your little setup in the background like your, your little items yeah. with books on them it, maybe that's their rec room or something like that, but yeah. like, surely that's not. There's like a 1980s her, yeah. TV in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought. It, that almost looked like kind of what I picture like a mental ward to look like. You know, when you yeah, see movies? Yeah, exactly. I don't know how this ends, so you do. I do. It's it's pretty good. So Sally basically says, look, I'm going to, this happened years ago and a lot of it is very traumatizing for me and I'm going to rehash this as much as I can, but I Forgive me if I don't remember all of the specific details. And one thing I notice about Sally is she's very just forthcoming about she is I everything. Say, yeah. Yes. She tells us that she did her first bodybuilding contest on February 14th, 1987. And it was the beginning of the end for her. We are, we are in uh, Camp Pendleton. It's 1987. Sally is in the Marine Corps and she started working out basically just to be a better soldier. That's how it all started. And she says, you know, I typically wore sweats in the workout room. And and the sergeant was like, if you ever thought about doing bodybuilding, it's not just a bikini contest. Well, then she proceeds to just strip down. Mm Underneath it all was a ripped up woman. Yeah, because she was an athlete before she went into the Marines. Correct. So she was 
She was in shape beforehand. And just, she just worked out in sweats. Yeah. Yeah. It was the <laughs> 1980s. So she signed up for like a bodybuilding, just an amateur bodybuilding contest. And she took fourth place in, in the Armed Forces Bodybuilding Championship. We see like her in competition and it is so 80s, like retro right mm-hmm. down from the music to the hairstyling to the dance poses she oh, does. yeah. It's pretty awesome. So a friend of Sally's who was also in the Marines told her, hey, there's this other bodybuilder. His name is Ray McNeil. He just returned from Okinawa, Japan because he was also in the Marines. And he saw a picture of her and said he wanted to meet her. And she basically is like, it wasn't love at first sight. It was lust at first sight. He was a big hunk of a man. It's the truth. This man is massive. He's the hugest guy. I mean. Bohemoth is all I can say. I mean, and he is. And we. We're seeing this like from a camera standpoint. Right. We're like face. He mightn't have been tall, short. I don't know. But from what we can tell, he's just massive. Yeah. But she was like, va, 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 boom. <laughs> Give me them muscles. And he was really impressed with Sally. So Ray, there's a bunch of home videos as there always is in the 1980s. And we learned that he started bodybuilding in 1983. They both loved just the over the top Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. And at first, Sally said that being with Ray just made her feel extremely special and so special that after two months of dating they got married that's so quick um ladies the craziest people i ever dated proposed super quick Mm -hmm. i'm just throwing that out there Mm -hmm. just remember just remember you don't know someone after two months yeah there's no possible way you know so y'all if you hear someone talking we got a co-host today he finished his bottle so now he's singing so it's 1989 and the couple decides to move off base to an apartment in Oceanside, California. The couple had a two-bedroom apartment. It was a couple of blocks off of the water. And so Ray and Sally and her two kids, Shantina and John... They appeared to be happy by all accounts. So we talked to John in present day, who is her son. I don't know how old they are. We don't kind of learn their ages. I mean, we could probably do the math because we know when this takes place. We know how old they were, but I don't feel like it. Well, let me think. So, nineteen. Well, I was five. Bo- I was born in eighty-five. So I'm, I'm almost. So he, they're probably about our age. They're probably they're older than us. I think. You probably. think older than that? Okay. Yeah. This all went down in ninety-five. Yeah. Oh, maybe so. And she yeah, they are. Like, she's she is our age. Yeah. She because she looks like she's probably about ten, eleven, twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she's our age, and he's like a little bit younger. We meet John in present day. He says that everywhere they went, people stared at them. And it's like, no wonder, like when we see the video footage, they are wearing the most skimpiest, skin tight, ridiculous outfits. And they're at Disney. And what's funny is like, they were like, oh, we're going on a ride. I knew exactly what ride they were oh, on. Imagine too. that. That ride's still open? <laughs> yes. What ride was it? It's Spaceship Earth. It's the big golf ball at Epcot. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. They were walking around Disney in like these skimpy clothes and they are ginormous muscular people of course they were drawing and it's stairs. the most ridiculous outfits and john's like well i just think it was because we were a biracial kid with like, blonde hair and i'm it. like no no it was i mean that could have been a reason they were, but like they were very fascinating to look they were to look at as children because they were dark-skinned children caramel color but like they had light 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 hair and Those blue gorgeous eyes, like eyes gorgeous eyes yeah because i mean just if we didn't say before sally's white yes. ray is black but she's a, a blue-eyed blonde very blonde Scandinavian looking woman now Ray is not the kid's biological father but their biological father was a black man so so for these kids to be you've got like the Hulk and you've got Mrs. Hulk Mm -hmm. and then you've got these two just 
very unique, distinct looking biracial children who have got this gorgeous olive skin, who mm-hmm. have got these, I think, I think Shantina had like hazel eyes mm-hmm. and I think John's were more bluish. They were more bluish. They were definitely still lighter for John. But just this present day. cotton top blonde curly hair. Yes. I mean, just, I probably would have stared at the kids. I just know. Thinking, like right? how pretty. Like, Golly. What gorgeous kids. So, um, John, I don't think they were staring at y'all. I think they were staring at your parents' outrageously ridiculous outfits. Yes. And I mean, Ray enjoyed every minute of it because he's like flexing yeah. for him. He's like, look at me. Well, and they do the bodybuilding competitions. So like their goal is to have people look at them. Exactly. So, I mean- you could tell he enjoyed it. So present day Shantina, she explains that after Sally and her first husband divorced, which was Shantina's dad, her bio dad really just dropped out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So Ray stepped in to be a stepdad. And in the beginning, he was a loving, doting stepdad. They started calling him dad. And in the beginning, and I emphasize this, they really did love him mm-hmm. because he stepped in and he was a good dad to him so yeah. it's 1990 ray and sally won the armed forces bodybuilding contest it's the first time a husband and wife ever won the competition and these competitions y'all they're bodybuilding competitions but they're amateur they're mm-hmm. not like a professional type of competition mm-hmm. but both were really on their way to go pro and back in the day what we learned is professional bodybuilding could be pretty lucrative for men. It wasn't very lucrative for women. Right. And and we'll dive more into that in just a few minutes. But so Ray left the Marine Corps in 1991. And like I said, his dream was to win big by becoming Mr. Olympia. Sally stayed in the Marines to help pay the rent. And John says that they used to go dumpster diving for cans. I mean, you have Ray who quit the Marine Corps and never his he's decided he's going to be a full time bodybuilder. So he doesn't get an actual job. And you've got um, Sally who's just trying to make ends meet. So they go dumpster diving. They basically try to do everything they can just to keep their heads above water. Ray decides to compete in what would be a life changing amateur competition. The problem is there is this man that is in it who is known for being just a giant. This is kind of where we see where Ray has a lot of insecurities Mm -hmm. because he's like, there's just no way I'm going to win against this man. So they trot out there and they start doing all their poses because apparently there's like six poses that you do what they noticed was was when the guy turned around his back wasn't that defined versus ray who Ray's was extremely defined and so sally says he just looked like a walking anatomy book and i'm like man that's not really a good thing i would think But Ray took home the crown. Ray decides that it is now his job to become a professional bodybuilder. That's all he does all day, every day is work out and take steroids. Let's be honest. The food this man eats. Oh my God. I can't imagine having to feed someone like that. I know. They'd be like, how many eggs did they say he ate? 114. Yeah, 114 a week. And I just picture, you know, he could have like, he could have like boiled them. He could have like scrambled them. I just picture him like drinking them. Like Like, Rocky? Like, what's his name from the, uh, from Beauty and the Beast? The bad guy, Gaston. Gaston. Oh, Gaston. You remember in the, Gaston's drinking all the, uh, now you say it, yeah. uh, (laughs) That's all I picture. (laughs) 
So the kids, Shantina and John, they were very involved in the competition as well. They would go to all the meets and there's a ton of video footage of them being small kids. And my small, I think like 10 and mm-hmm. like probably seven or eight yeah. at these uh, competitions. And Shantina says, I was so excited because I got to meet Lou Ferrigno, the, the incredible Hulk. <laughs> and But she said like going to these competitions was just so weird because, yeah. you know, sometimes she'd have to put the spray tan oil on her mom and dad. She would complain about it just being kind of gross and you know her dad's like look this is art my body is art (laughs) that's one way to look at it (laughs) right i'm like okay well maybe that that's kind of interesting probably not what your 10 12 year old wants to be doing though no she's like um you know there's a lot of different art that people just aren't into Mm -hmm. i'm not into this so then we go into this montage of just basically the history of bodybuilding i'm not gonna lie i kind of slept through it a little bit if it's not your cup of tea it is it gets it is so freaking boring boring. so i'll sum it up okay it took off with the release of a 1977 movie that arnold schwarzenegger starred in called pumping iron Mm -hmm. And by the early 1980s, women decided that they wanted to join in in the competitions as well. But there was no standard as to what judges were to judge them by. Yeah, so, they had no idea what they were looking for to pick a winner. Correct. And so they basically said, hey, just pick out the one that's the most toned, you know, <laughs> with the prettiest face. Yeah. That has nothing to do with... With muscles. In walks um, a lady named Linda Murray. And by 1990, she had completely just taken it to a whole new level. And she she was not just like long. and Like, I mean, she was like what you picture today bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. Like big muscle mass, very defined, yes. very sculpted. So Linda really loves to point out that um, she won Mrs. Olympia eight times. Mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger only run it seven times <laughs> she's very proud of that fact she should be i agree good for her so sally and ray they joined gold's gym because i mean that's what else do you do but join gold's gym <laughs> sally says that feeding ray was like feeding a lion and like we said earlier he ate 114 eggs a week ray like most bodybuilders was a complete control freak and we see just this montage of journals of he wrote down what he was going to do that day as far as workouts, what he was going to eat. It was it, it was intense. And we learned that the closer that he would get to his competition, the more insecure he would become. And this leads to the conversation of steroids. And Sally, I love Sally at this moment. She's like, you know, everybody says they're not on steroids. Everybody's on steroids. <laughs> Nobody looks like that naturally. If you're in the top five, you are on steroids. And I'm like, thank you for selling us something that we yeah. already know. Yeah. So this this is where things get kind of were stupid. In 1990, you know, the steroid craze was a bit much. So they decide to start giving tests, like like testing people for drugs before they competed. And because of this, like people were just looking normal. Yeah. And it was so bad that some of the fans complained to say, I didn't pay all this money to see just Joe Schmo up there. We want to see a mutant. (laughs) We want to see a monster. Yeah. And so I guess they decided to drop the whole steroid yeah, test. Apparently. So the gym owner where Ray and Sally worked out, he was known for selling steroids because he's like, look, I own this gym. I got to be big. And he started taking steroids. And so once Ray found out about this, he started also getting his <coughs> supplements mm-hmm. from the guy. And then he introduced it to Sally. Sally, you know, she tells us, she's like, yeah, I took steroids, but I didn't take testosterone because I wasn't interested in male pattern baldness and, <laughs> and a deep, grow- deep voice <laughs> and growing an Adam's <laughs> apple. I'm like, good for you. 
so Ray was buying like the more high quality steroids while Sally was like toting her kids down to Tijuana <laughs> and buying some from Juanrique on the street corner. Yeah. And she was really embarrassed about that fact too, that yeah. she took her kids along uh, to go do this. Yeah. They ask her and she's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's very bad parenting. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> and the kids are like, we just remember taking a road trip. Yeah, exactly. So with the increased steroids, the arguments began to get more intense. And Sally's trigger was being told that she just wasn't good enough. It got to a point where she was the main breadwinner because race focus was only on bodybuilding. And the bodybuilding world wasn't very lucrative for women. It was at competition one day, just an amateur one, that a man approached Sally and asked her if she would consider wrestling him for shits and giggles. <laughs> And he would pay her. Um, So, and that's kind of where we get into this world of the schmoes. Mm -hmm. They call the the guys the schmoes. The schmoes are the guys who would get off on being wrestled and getting beaten up by big, massive women with muscle booties, as one guy called them. Yeah. Sally started doing these videos. Now, these videos at first were just, they were staged and coordinated. They Mm -hmm. weren't like just amateur stuff on purpose. Mm -hmm. And then she realizes that, oh my gosh, I could do this on my own. Why Mm -hmm. am I going through all of this? And so she starts her own business. Mm -hmm. So in 1993, Sally left the Marine Corps because I'm sure they wouldn't be too happy about that. She continued bodybuilding, but the money came in when Sally started doing what she called her kink videos. She did not like calling these guys schmoes Mm -hmm. because she felt it was degrading. Yeah, and disrespectful to them. I'm like, girl, degrading is them paying you to do this in the first place, but to each his own. Look, to each his own. So men would obviously pay bodybuilders, wrestlers to basically beat them up. Sally says, you know, they asked her, they were like, well, was there any, I'll just say hanky panky involved. And she's like, of course not. I was a married woman. (laughs) Um, She says there were Wall Street guys and garbage men. And believe it or not, the garbage men smelled a lot better than the Wall Street guys. Sally got to a point where she was flying all over the U.S. to privately wrestle men. That's crazy. That is crazy. I know. Because like, how did they get her number? I know. During the same time, Ray was invited to compete in the Mr. Olympia con- competition, which if he won this, not only would he be awarded like $100,000, he would basically be launched into the world professionally yeah. in bodybuilding and they yeah. wouldn't have to worry about money anymore. There's a and lot she could, more opportunities like yeah. interviews and magazines and all that kind of stuff. And she could quit her kink wrestling gig, yes. you know, if she wanted to. Unfortunately, though, Ray placed 15th as at Mr. Olympia because he just wasn't up to the standard as, mm-hmm. as a lot of the men were. And this was a huge setback for Ray because it's like he defined his entire existence on how good of a bodybuilder yeah. he was. That's when we start finding out that, you know, he takes his frustration out on Sally when he's home because Ray had a lot of demons. We learned that Ray was born in North Carolina. His mother gave him up when he was two weeks old, but his aunt raised him and he was extremely poor growing up. Ray was sexually attacked by another kid that was living with him. This haunted him quite a bit. He was also known to have a very short fuse and Shantina tells us that, you know, he was a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and she recalls one night when Ray and a friend were working as bouncers and Ray came home just covered in blood. As Shantina's cleaning him up, he tells her, 
I had to blind a man with my fingers or else he would have killed me. And she says, I don't know if that's true or not. And cut to his buddy who was there mm-hmm. with him. And he said, it's absolutely, absolutely true. true. The man is completely blind. Yeah. He like gouged his eyes out. Ex- that's exactly it. He gouged his eyes out. Ray was just known to portray himself as this great guy in public and at home. It was just a completely different story based off of Sally and her kids. And the kids. Yeah. The yes. kids very much cooperate what everything she says says. yes Yes. so shantina says that between the ages of eight and twelve she knew something was really off in their home because ray was just physically abusive to sally she just knew that their home life like wasn't normal because ray was known for choking sally and she says you know i regret not leaving him sooner but if there's one thing that we know about victims of abuse it's that leaving is easy for some of us for others it's just not right because in your mind you do exactly what she did like she he would beat her up and then he would apologize yeah and she would think he changed we have and in the next episode we kind of delve into why she has that mindset too yes and it explains a lot yeah so shantina tells us that she watched ray punch sally in the face and he broke her nose and john said he didn't see it but he heard it and he said it sounded like just two pieces of wood slamming together and she reported it to her sergeant who had ray locked in the brig but they released him and in releasing him sally says he beat her up yeah and he told her that she had to drop the charges which she did she did and so sally says that violence in the home was always normal from an early point in her childhood sally's son john was also a victim of ray's and he especially was abusive when sally wasn't around and he said he just thought ray was the devil he hated him john says when that whenever one kid did something bad he would make the other child watch the beatings basically as a warning and it it was horrendous to watch like who wants to watch your older sister get beat up by a man who is 200 pounds on her so sally says her biggest regret was protecting ray over her kids she says she didn't know how broken she she was until the day she shot and killed Ray. And that's where episode one ends. And we will start with episode two. So episode two of Killer Sally is called The Death of Mr. California. So it opens on New Year's Eve, 1995. Sally and Ray had been married for about eight years at this point. And Sally is hoping that things get better. But Ray is still doing steroids to prep for his bodybuilding competitions. And the beatings would just get worse for Sally during those prep times. I mean, you've heard of the term roid rage, right? Right. Yeah. So like... The steroids kind of instigate these like violent outbursts and stuff. And and it would get worse whenever he was doping for these bodybuilding competitions. It would get worse. And it goes back to his insecurities because they said leading up to these competitions, he would get really. Yes, absolutely. Insecure. So Sally is also occasionally doing steroids as well. So that not as many as Ray, but that can't possibly be a good combination either. Something clicked for Sally when a fellow bodybuilding competitor was killed by her boyfriend. Sally kept thinking, you know, that could have been me because Ray chokes me. So it could have easily have been me. So Sally starts making plans to move back to Pennsylvania to be closer to her family. Her children are pretty young. They're still pretty young at this point. Like we said, Shantina was in the sixth grade and John was in the fourth. She's just basically waiting until she has enough money saved up to to make that move. Her son, John, says they were so close to escaping. And that's the word he uses, escaping. Mm-hmm. Sally would 
tell them to be prepared to like quickly pack up and so they could leave quickly. But unfortunately, they would never be able to follow through with her escape plans. So on Valentine's Day, 1995, Sally and the kids, they spent the day playing and enjoying the day. Sally sends the kids outside because her daughter, Shantina, brought in like a a grill that she had jacked from like the back of the apartment complex. (laughs) And she's like grilling chicken like inside. And Sally's like, what the hell are you doing? Get outside with that. So she basically kicks the kids outside. But when they come back, later Ray isn't there so John recalls going to sleep and his mother was on the couch by herself so Sally decides to get herself ready and go look for Ray and she's thinking that he had gone to a local bar while she puts her makeup or she's putting her makeup on Ray comes home and this is when the argument started Shantina was awake for this and she actually remembers the argument Sally was asking Ray where he had been and Sally and Sally said that Ray was three days out from a show. So if he's three days out, he's got like a ton of different steroids in his system. He's got, Mm -hmm. I think he said he's got like five in his system. And Shantina even makes the the note that the vibe within the house was just different that day. Like it felt unnatural. Mm -hmm. So she goes to her room, but the next thing she hears is her mom choking. Ray had hit Sally and then started choking her. And she had started telling him that he looked awful and that he wasn't going to place in his competition. And that's what kind of set him off. And that like, that's when he started choking her. She manages to get free and she gets to the bedroom where their shotgun is. She grabs two rounds and loads the gun as she's walking into the living room. Sally says she didn't know what he was capable of because he had all those steroids in his system. He was super strong and super fast and they had a tiny apartment. And can we agree? He has got the most intense eyes. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, mean, I, 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 I can't I, imagine him angry. Oh, I know. I know. I would be scared out of my mind. She tells Ray to get out and he refuses. So she shot him. Shantina hears the shot, but thinks her dad threw her mom into the china cabinet. So she comes out running out of her room and she has a baseball bat because she thinks Ray killed her mom. Shantina is now present in the room when Sally shoots Ray for a second time. I mean, what an awful thing to witness. And Shantina, actually, she does try to help Ray, um, who is conscious at this point. John wakes up from the screaming and he can see all the blood and Ray laying on the floor. So he's just like, I'm gonna stay in my room for now. You'll just let me know when I need to come out. Good call. Very good call. So Sally tells us that she covers Ray with a blanket to prevent shock. Then she walks out of the apartment to find a neighbor walking by and she hands the neighbor the gun and then she goes back inside the house. She hands the weapon off to show to show them that she's now unarmed and she's not going to hurt anyone else. So she calls 911 and and we hear the recording call. She tells the operator that she shot her husband because he was beating her up and you can hear like we said you can hear Shantina in the background like screaming and it's just so sad. Shantina is all of us. Yeah. Yes, she's like that normal reaction. And during the call, Ray is conscious and you can actually hear him speaking. But apparently he was shot in the face. So With a shotgun! With a shotgun, y'all. Like he was shot, not from the back. Poor John, who was in his room... Had to walk over Ray as he lay bleeding, which I mean has to be traumatic in and of itself. Yeah, because he was young. Yeah, he was. He was fourth grade. Oh, so I mean, my goodness. So I would think it would be traumatic, but he actually says it was a relief because even if Ray lived, he would never be able to beat any of them again. Mm-hmm. Ray is put into the ambulance, and Shantina and John are put into a separate police vehicle. And this whole time, which is heartbreaking, they're screaming and pleading for their mother. They're trying to like kick out the cop, like the windows mm-hmm. and the door. And Shantina even says like the police officer was like crying as. As they drove away, they all go to the police station and 
we can see the videos of their of each of their interviews. It's here where she makes a rookie mistake. She knows she made a big mistake in not immediately asking for a lawyer. Mm-hmm. She she said she felt guilty and she wanted to like I guess in a sense make it right. So she just starts telling them what what happened. Mm-hmm. And in her mind there's nothing wrong with that. She tells police that she wanted to get out of the house but Ray wouldn't let her. So she goes into the bedroom and gets her shotgun and comes back out to threaten him with it. Ray was standing at the stove and she aims the gun at him and she says she thinks he came after her, which I mean, I don't know what happens in the third episode, but this that's a pretty big deal because in order for it to be self-defense, you have to find yourself in like immediate danger. Mm-hmm. If she's not sure he was coming at her, then was there really a threat? Right. I don't know. When he came after her, is when she got scared and shot him. She says he came after her a second time and she shot him again, which, I mean, how strong is this dude if he, if a shotgun blast didn't take him down the first time? She realizes after two shotgun shots, she realizes how badly he's hurt and calls the police. Mm -hmm. And her interview with the police officers lasts for hours. And an officer finally tells her that Ray has died, but in the way that they tell her, it seems like they suspect something isn't right because the officer is basically kind of like, this whole time you haven't even asked how Ray is. And and Sally says, well, I asked at the other police station and they wouldn't tell me. And this is when the officer tells Sally that Ray didn't make it and she just breaks down. Now the officer asks, do you understand what position this puts you in? And she goes, yes, it's like I murdered him. Mm Mm-hmm. So they tell her that she is going to be charged with murder. Now, while still in the interrogation room, Sally is able to talk to her kids, poor babies, and she has to try to explain what is about to happen to them. How devastating, though, is that because, I mean, the kids, the kids don't know they're being filmed. So I feel like this is very authentic. And is it Shantina Shantina. that is like, Mom, just tell them that he was John. Was it John? It was John. The younger one. Yeah. yeah. Just tell them they were beating you. Yeah. Or he was beating you. She has to try to explain to them that, okay, you're you're actually going to a shelter until my family can get to you. What I noticed is that with her kids, like, she takes responsibility for what happened. Mm-hmm. She doesn't place the blame on, on Ray. She, right. uh, she says they're going to the shelter because of what I did to daddy. And she has to tell them that Ray has died. And she just apologizes to them. And Shantina's kind of teary, but John is, as young as he is, very logical. And he tells her, he's like, just... Tell them like you told the officer that it was self-defense. Like, mm-hmm. And she's like, that's what I did. They just have to go through the court system. It's, I mean, it's just so sad. Her kids don't want her to leave, but she tells them she's like, she'll be back when this is over. And John and Shantina were taken to a group home where, like, with like hundreds of kids. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can't even imagine where that is. And thank God her, her family came oh, and got Oh, my her. gosh. Thank goodness. So former district attorney Dan Goldstein was in charge of prosecuting Sally. Ugh. So, I do not like him. Well, he was n- not short on confidence, this fella. No. He's, Zero he basically, sympathy. Yeah, he basically thought he was the shit back in the day. Um, back in the day, he still, still thinks it old, old with his hair all slicked back. <laughs> I wonder what he does now. I don't know. He's awful, though. I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, but he was in charge of prosecuting Sally. And he reviews the interview tapes from Sally's interrogation. He feels like she's not showing a lot of remorse. In his opinion, Sally doesn't fit into the stereotype of a battered woman that she's claiming to be. Which, Which I mean, we know now, and keep in mind, this was back in the mid-90s. You know, if you didn't 
act a certain way, like the police that that they thought you should be acting, then you were automatically under suspicion. Because I'm like, what is the standard? I mean, yeah, like, exactly. What's we the standard? all deal with things differently. Yeah, but apparently back then they either didn't know that or didn't care. Yeah, because this in and of itself made it made them suspicious. Dan Goldstein's opinion: Sally doesn't fit into the stereotype of a battered woman. Sally explains that she's in shock. It's and it's not until the next day that. She need she realizes that she needs a lawyer. So she's given like hours worth of interviews and then realizes that she needs a lawyer. So William, now I'm gonna mispronounce his name. It's spelled like Raphael, mm-hmm. but I think it's like Raphael. Anywho, he's the court appointed defense attorney for Sally. So they're in court and we see the video. She p- to plead not guilty to the murder charges on February 18th, which is very fast. I mean, this yeah. all happened like on the 14th and it's now the 18th she's in court like pleading. The prosecutor was asking for a million dollar bail, but Rafael was able to get it reduced to 100,000. And Sally said the bodybuilding community pretty much abandoned her, which I'm assuming I'm guessing they probably sided with like Ray, you know, since yeah. he was really a part of that community. Well, most of his friends were were, were bodybuilders and all that and, kind of and stuff. they all completely said terrible things about yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, but the wrestling community did not abandon her, and she her schmoes, her schmoes, they stuck by her. <laughs> That's so sweet. Did they like send her money to? Yeah, I think her they out? did. I think they did. So when the kids were taken away, Sally thought it would be temporary until she bailed out, maybe three to four months. But when she did bail out, the kids were already back east, so mm-hmm. they're across the country. She's still in California with her, and they're with her parents back east. So Sally recognizes that you know there's a possibility she might get found guilty, and now she's faced with the decision like, do I bring my kids back only to be found guilty and have to send them back across country again? Like mm-hmm. that's a lot of up rooting and and yeah i think in my opinion she makes a responsible decision and mm-hmm. she decides to leave them with her parents and it's away from it's away from the drama too yes, you think about it it's fully away from the drama former prosecutor goldstein said he didn't buy into the steroid use um narrative he said that sally's defense was never that she was on steroids or that ray's steroids usage was why he was aggressive with her goldstein says the touchstone of this case was that the relationship was violent which i'm not sure how you how you separate those things because right like we said earlier steroid usage leads to those violent outbursts. does he not so, i mean right does he not understand that ster- like that's a common yeah. knowledge thing so i'm not understanding it's literally like, called a roid rage yeah so i don't know how he's separating those two things and and dj jeffers so this is ray's best friend said that ray was he was made out to be the villain and that sally's version of what happened was not the real story and you just want to ask him were you there exactly like were you in the home Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, so during his police interview, DJ says that there were incidents where Ray had to grab Sally to calm her down, that this was Sally who got physical and, and aggressive. And the prosecutor says that all of the witnesses that he talked to knew Sally was violent and that they had either been the victim of it or had witnessed it. One person recalled an incident where Ray and Sally had been in a fight and that Ray was going to leave her. She went out onto the balcony and threw dumbbells on his car while he was in it. Wow. I mean, Sally's not completely innocent in that regard either. Yeah. So the prosecution was able to obtain Sally's military service records with all of her judicial and non-judicial punishments, all the time she got in trouble and all those police reports from over the years. And it was noted in the service records that she was extremely violent John admits, that's her son, 
that his mother was combative and she was aggressive. He told this story that he told her, she had told John that she wore so many rings because when she punched someone, she wanted to leave a dent in their head. <laughs> I can't imagine. Just telling it's like, who that. tell? not just that one of the things from the last episode that I kind of like just left out was she was literally writing postcards home mm-hmm. that said, just made $3,000 hoping to make a thousand tonight. Like, and Shantina's <laughs> like, I knew it was from her wrestling yeah. and, and bunny ear finger quotes. Yeah. And I thought it was strange. I'm like, we don't, let's not take our kids to Tijuana to buy steroids. Yeah. Number one. Um, And let's not tell them about how we're earning money, especially yeah. if it's kind of inappropriate. Cause she's, she's very much this dynamic person with like, she shows some really good parenting, choices and and Mm -hmm. dealing with their emotions and then she makes some really oddball parenting choices you know (laughs) (laughs) and john actually tells another story where he and this kid got into a fight and john beat him up no surprise because he's the kid of like bodybuilding wrestlers and stuff right the kid's dad went out and slapped john across the face (laughs) which i can only imagine John immediately knows this guy screwed up because he's thinking he's like my mom's gonna be pissed and you don't, you don't know her she's gonna, she's like crazy <laughs> he's like I'm not worried for me I'm worried I'm for worried you for you <laughs> so when Sally got home she and John went over to the guy's apartment the guy opens the door and before he can get a word out she started beating him <laughs> now luckily it's the right guy because what if somebody else answered the door I'm sorry mom it was it was apartment <laughs> yeah, 17 it was actually that guy yeah. <laughs> but. But um, or if it had been like like the uncle or something that stopped by, the, I know. Hey. Oh my gosh! But John had said that like it took five police officers to subdue Sally, and then she gets back up and like in a wrestling stance, ready to go again. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like, girl, you're not helping your kids. I know. And like DJ uh, Ray's friend said, he remembered her beating the mailman up for saying something to her kids. Like she just was very protective of her kids and they said she was like a wild animal protecting her kids. <laughs> the mailman. What the did mailman. he say to her I know, kids? Right? <laughs> but John does admit that Sally was violent with Ray too. Like we said, she was not mm-hmm. innocent in that regard and that most of the fights were about his infidelity. Mm-hmm. So according to friends, quote, Ray got around, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So he always had all these bodybuilding competitions and, you know, there's... Women throwing themselves Scantily at him. clad ladies. I mean, because he was a good looking. I mean, he, he's not my type he's because not my he's type. way too big. Yeah. I don't I don't like that aesthetic for me. Right. Because to me, that says you spend your entire day in a gym. And I like somebody who's a little bit cuddly, you yeah. know? Yeah, we love the dad bod. Yeah. I'm know? a fan of the dad bod. So. <laughs> like if I go to hug you in my head, like it's like hugging concrete. I know. That's not fun. That's not, that's not yeah. a good snuggler. I like nice, good mush. <laughs> Exactly. So Sally would find out about the infidelity, tell him to break it off with the girl, and he would, but then he'd just go out and find another girl. That friend knew how Sally could be, and he was he was scared for him, is what he said. There was another actual incident at a competition where Sally was competing, and Sally sees a girl all up in Ray's face. So Sally, from what I understand, she was actually on stage or something. <laughs> and she yells... Well, she she says, she said, please get away from my husband. I'm sure that's <laughs> exactly how that went down. <laughs> to which the woman responds like, and she actually says the words, but I know other people listen to these podcasts. So I'm just going to say the woman said, F you, Sally, I'll go wherever I want. And Sally's like, not around my husband. 
So Sally grabs the woman by the hair, yanks her down to the ground, and witnesses say that Sally was punching her like a guy, and the whole time she was yelling, you effed my husband, <laughs> the whole oh, time. Oh, my God. And I she, mean, why would you say that to someone who looks like Sally? I know. If I like, like if, if I like tripped and say some man just grabbed my arm to keep me from falling on mm-hmm. my face and I see this like this big old bodybuilder woman get away from my husband. Yeah, like I, I would, am so sorry. I would not antagonize her. No. No. Just walk away slowly. But this incident got her suspended from bodybuilding for I think a year. Wow. So Sally said that when they ask about it, she's this is not funny. I'm sorry. Sally said that she wanted to break her nose like Ray broke hers. And she wanted to make it to where nobody wanted that girl. So like that's oh, that is what kind like of like diabolical. Yeah. Like anger is boiling up within her. DJ thinks Ray didn't love Sally like she loved him. And mm-hmm. I do get like she was a bit more obsessive mm-hmm. with with Ray than he was with her. Yeah. And so when the interviewer presses him about it, he says, well, I mean, obviously he was seeing other women. So, and he didn't mind that she was doing these videos. Yeah. He was seeing a singular other woman. I misread that. (laughs) No, like that. He, he, there was one woman who, there was one woman in particular that he was in a relationship with. And it was very serious because Ray saw his future with this other woman. And this other woman's name is Marianne who is also being interviewed at the police station. And she said that they had the kind of love you would, you would make movies about. We are right now. Documentaries, true crime documentaries. Yeah. I mean, when you're with a married man, it's going to be drama. (laughs) (laughs) And they take steroids. That's going to work out really well. Exactly. So one day Marianne's number showed up on the phone bill and Sally went to the seven 11 and called her and told her that she no longer belongs to Gold's Gym, and that if she shows up there, Sally would kick her ass. And according to DJ, Ray wanted to spend that Valentine's Day with Marianne, because in Ray's mind, his relationship to Sally was done. And this is the Valentine's Day that he died. Yes, this is that Valentine's Day. And DJ's wife actually confirms that Ray did actually want to leave the relationship. Mm -hmm. So Ray even tells DJ that he wants to tell Sally that he's leaving, but DJ warns him. He's like, look, dude, you have that shotgun in your house, and Sally's crazy. She might use it on you, but Mm -hmm. Ray just laughs it off. Right. As we know, Valentine's Valentine's Day rolls around and Ray isn't there. In the video of the police interrogation, they ask Sally, did you wonder where he was or what he was doing, like being two hours late? And initially she had said, oh, I thought he was at the local bar. And now she's telling them, like, I think he has a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that night that she thought she was going to go to the bar and find him with a girlfriend Mm -hmm. or she just thought he was there alone. She doesn't really specify. But Sally's getting fed up. He's the one fooling around and she's the one getting beat. Like she feels like she's getting a raw deal. Mm -hmm. So DJ had talked to Ray on the phone on Valentine's Day. And DJ says he believes Ray had gone to Marianne's house that night because he wanted to spend the day with her. And about 915, Ray calls up DJ and then asks him to meet him at at Ray's house. So when DJ gets there, Ray's not there yet. And he's talking to Sally, who he says is acting really funny. A lot of the motive here I have questions about. So maybe I'll tell you what happens and then we'll get into it. But DJ tells her that, you know, 
he's going to get some food and he'll be right back. But Sally doesn't want him to leave. Mm-hmm. And she's like, almost, like physically blocking the door. But he tells her like, look, I'll be, I'm just going to get food. I'll be right back. He said he thinks it's because she knew that Ray was about to be home. And he, she wanted him there because he mm-hmm. was like a calming presence yeah. over some like situations. And so to yeah. me, it was like, well, maybe she expects it to get a little crazy because mm-hmm. she's going to confront him or something. Yeah. Or did she want a witness Mm-hmm. that it was like self-defense or something like that. Did she know what was going to happen? Yeah. Or did she have an idea of what she wanted to do? And she wanted him to be there to see like, well, I think she wanted look. to confront him and she knew that if she confronted him without someone else there, it mm-hmm. was going to escalate to the point that yeah. it did, mm-hmm. you know, and, and having that guy there, Ray's going to be a little bit more on better behavior. Yeah. But the DA said, Sally is obsessed with Ray and Ray is breaking up with her and he's having another affair. So to him, this is premeditated murder. I don't know if the third episode gets into like, Mm -hmm. were they able to, don't tell me, don't tell me. (laughs) We'll cover it next (laughs) week. Yeah, don't tell me. So Sally said that she's always been put in situations where she had to defend herself. So they kind of do a flashback to her youth in Allentown, Pennsylvania in 1960. And it just serves to give us a little background on how she grew up and attempts to provide like an explanation as to why she is the way she is. So Sally was like a tomboy, which is not a surprise, but she became fast friends with a little girl who was a part of the first black family in the neighborhood. But Sally was the kind of person like she didn't care. Like other people were kind of like doing like this whole subtle racism thing, but Mm -hmm. Sally did not care. She like, if she liked you, you were a cool person. You were going to be her friend. So Sally didn't really talk about the abuse within her home to her friend, but she did. Sally did actually tell her about the time that her biological father beat her mother in the stomach when she was eight months pregnant with Sally. Mm. And he left when Sally was like three and then her mother remarried. But her stepdad wasn't exactly the best. She felt like the stepdad didn't really want them because she had a couple other siblings too and he made no secret about preferring like sally's half sisters like Mm -hmm. his children with sally's mom like he preferred them over her yeah and even more so like their relationship was abusive like he would beat her with a brush and then just tell her to wear a longer dress just to cover up the bruises Mm -hmm. so she always felt like she was trying to gain their approval and that's why she became an athlete because she was an excellent athlete and mm-hmm. she even joined the all boys cross country team where she was the only one on the team to qualify for state. Like none of the boys did, but mm-hmm. she did. And then, so Sally's boyfriend in the ninth grade was black and she dated him in secret for about nine months, but somehow her parents found out. So when they found out they stormed home and they confronted her and they were, I'm not going to say it cause I don't like those words, but they were like spewing some like racial slurs. Yeah at her like and spitting on her like i could not imagine talking to my daughter the way she but she says like that's the way they were brought up right which i don't find to be an excuse but right so sally graduates high school and went to college um she wanted to become a gym teacher she had one semester left can you imagine her as your gym teacher she'd have been intimidated I feel like back then <laughs> back then because she probably wouldn't have gone into bodybuilding she'd have probably been like a normal like gym teacher kind of yeah know, just kind of rough around the yeah, edges just but, rough around but the edges, very nice but, we're but, not quite sure yeah. if she's into guys or girls and then we meet her <laughs> we meet her husband and he's this really nice guy and yeah. we're like oh okay that makes sense now yeah but yeah so she gets to college and she has literally one semester left when she runs out of money 
And her parents refused to help her pay for that last but semester. Do you think financial aid didn't exist back then? So that's what I was wondering. Like one I was semester. Like, I was like, one semester. There was no way that they could work that out. Right. Like, but that was back in the 80s. I don't know right. what existed back then. And so anyway, she has to drop out one semester. One shy. semester. But she said she had to quit and give up her dream. So she left college, but she felt like she couldn't go home. So that's how she ended up joining the Marine Corps. And now what's what's interesting about that is she did join the Marine Corps. And when she was discharged, like they have the GI Bill. So that right. pays for schooling. So I don't know why she didn't didn't just go finish didn't go finish school. I mean, maybe she, she was making so much money doing some kink wrestling. That's why. <laughs> maybe her priority shifted. Yeah. But once these videos get out, they nobody will hire me yeah. anyway. But apparently it wasn't a very far stretch because she had had rel- close relatives that were Marines as well. Mm-hmm. She says she could prob- she probably caused a few Marines to feel inferior because she didn't look like much at the time, but she could do like 60 pull-ups. like mm-hmm. Which is so impressive. That's it. I, can, I can't even do one. I can't see? either. I was in the first grade and did two mm-hmm. pull-ups and I got like the vice presidential mm-hmm. award and that was like my crowning achievement yeah. in elementary school and it was all downhill <laughs> it was after all that, downhill huh? after that <laughs> <laughs> this is where she met tony her ex-husband and the father of her children in the beginning tony was good to her until they got married and then he became jealous and abusive and she said she's like i just had to be ready to be hit for any reason so did you notice a pattern i know right and looking back she says she just thought that that was normal. Like mm-hmm. that's how it was for everyone because that happened in her childhood. And like, we've heard that before. Mm-hmm. What what was the, the one that we did where the abuse was like, it was, it happened from childhood and they just thought it was like normal how it was for everybody. Girl, that's like been 10 of them. I know, I know but that, cause that is a very common it really is. thread of you, you get raised in this chaos. And so you, you feel like that is what love is. Yeah. Is, like you, how would you know what else to look for when that's right. all you've been shown she said like the neighbors knew what was happening and they would call the MPs but the MPs would tell her to leave just to let him calm down mm-hmm. again this is the 80s like right it, like when they didn't, really didn't take domestic no. violence as serious as we do today so she starts going to counseling where she realizes like okay this isn't normal so then she gets orders to go report like across the country and that's when she files for divorce that's how she ends up in california i think it's camp pendleton but before then she had had her two their two oh kids. yeah she yeah. had the two kids prior yeah and she said that he didn't believe that their daughter was his because of her blonde hair yeah, and, and- now, well, i don't know that if that was like him being serious or him joking because he stayed with her long enough to have the second one right and then so- the, then john came out and looked like Shantina's twin. I don't know if she's just like saying like, oh, that's the mailman's kid kind of thing. Yeah, like a half Or if he was like actually serious. Because to me, John, both of them look just like her. Yeah. I mean, especially John, like in the face, like with the nose and the the eyes. But there's no denying like they have a, a... darker father oh yeah that know? they're they're interracial for mm-hmm. sure but it's just crazy because if you see tony the dad i mean he had i mean like two totally opposite looking individuals had babies yeah and made beautiful babies beautiful babies so she's in california and her divorce was final on may 25th 1987 and she met ray on june 6th So she's just like hopping from relationship to relationship. And now remember that two months after they met, they married. Married, yeah. So she's only been single for, she's only been like not married for 
what, three months? Mm -hmm. And then she's married again. So this episode ends with the interviewing, uh, the interviewer asking her, how did you feel like heading into the trial? And Sally was like, I felt like I was going to get a fair trial, but then it just became a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we end with this episode. And then the trial is where we pick up on episode three. Yeah. It's pretty uh, intense. Is it? it? It's intense. um, And there's moments where you just want to like throw things at the TV. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if this has three or four episodes. I can't remember. But it. it, I think it's three. It ends on a very good note. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I just want to ask you what happens right now. But it's really good. I'm going to wait. Okay. So that is the first two. That's part one and part two of Killer Sally. We just decided to kind of mush them together. Yeah. Because it really could have been. To me, it could have been two episodes when you watch the whole thing. Yeah. Because I feel like they kind of, they go into the history of this one, the history of that one, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. we'll throw it together. Well, y'all, um, I'll tell you really quickly, because in like eight minutes, uh, Kate has his speech therapy oh, coming okay. over. Uh, so we have a Facebook group mm-hmm. that's dedicated to our neighborhood. And there's a woman on this Facebook group who... um. She's not very nice. Like she polices the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and it's over really stupid stuff. Like it started with an argument over geese. Like the geese were here Uh and people were feeding them. And because what happens is the geese come here and then they fly. Yeah. They they leave. Well, the geese like weren't leaving and they were becoming a nuisance and destroying our ponds and all sorts of just messing with the ecosystem. So Wildlife and Fisheries was contacted and, you know, they said they would come out and get the geese and, like, remove them or whatever. And this woman, of course, on the Facebook, if they try to step on my property, I will tell them to leave. Blah, blah, blah. She wanted to keep the geese? She wanted them to stay because she enjoyed feeding them. Like, screw our ponds (laughs) and our fish, you know. Anyway, that's just, like, an example. Like, this Mm -hmm. woman is constantly, like, she's telling people your kids shouldn't be in, you know, walking down the streets. And not that they walk. I mean, you've, you've driven down. It's not. I grew up riding bikes in this neighborhood. Exactly. I'm sorry. That should so, be what? That's one of the bonuses of living in a neighborhood. And this neighborhood's very quiet. It's like very it's not quiet. a high traffic neighborhood. So the final straw was, and I normally don't get involved. Like my husband likes to poke the bear <laughs> and he puts like stupid memes just to aggravate her. <laughs> she thinks that she saw a man. Um, so we have a stop sign. Uh-huh. The stop sign, it, it's relevant, but it's not needed 90% of the time. Right. So you just kind of roll through it. Yeah. This woman followed him home and took pictures of him while yelling at him from the road. And the the pictures are hilarious because he's like, the faces he's making, like, he's like, what the? Is this Derek? No, no, no. This is is a neighbor. One of the neighbors. Um, So this woman posted on the neighborhood Facebook group. And of course, my husband, the guy who's Mm -hmm. now friends with my husband and another guy just start grilling her. And they're Mm -hmm. like what is like lady what is wrong with you and 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 i'm like you know my grandparents lived in this i told derek this but i I didn't get involved Mm -hmm. i did not get involved (laughs) i want to emphasize this so she starts arguing with derek her and derek are arguing and then she goes to derek's personal facebook page and only starts liking cade's pictures and i got creeped out and weirded by it because that's almost like a a bullying type thing so I lost it Uh-oh. and I got on the Facebook page and I said admin and I can't even remember what all I said. I was just like, at what point do you remove someone from a group who is harassing and bullying? I said, you have the post where she followed a neighbor home. Mm-hmm. And I said, I have, 
my grand, I bought my grandparents' house. I've been coming to this neighborhood for 37 years. Mm-hmm. I have never heard of someone running a stop sign and killing a child because that's her <laughs> argument is that you're going to kill a child. It has never happened. Mm-hmm. Like we look out for each other in this neighborhood. If we see children, yeah. we will slow down. I mean, we're not that stupid. I mean, when you come up to the stop sign, like to come to my house, typically it's wide open. Yeah. I mean, this isn't like a small neighbor. Like the lots are, the houses are kind of spread apart. Yes. Like, so it's not like you're super close together yes. either. Cause it's an older established neighborhood. Yeah. And so, um, when I posted that, the woman writes some long, stupid thing. And I told her, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to waste my time reading this, the rants of an old crazy woman. I think at one point I, I said, or, or old crazy hag or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, next thing I know. You got booted off. <laughs> no, I it got removed, the, my post. And then I put on there because it pissed me off that they removed it. I said, I'm starting my own Facebook group. <laughs> um. And I said, because the admin at this group are a joke. And uh, next thing, me and the woman both got booted off. So, <laughs> Is all, Derek still on there? Of course. <laughs> that's, that's the crappiest thing of all. Like, you started this. The funniest thing of all, though, I had a bunch of neighbors um, reach out to me and mm-hmm. say, we're so sorry you had to fall on the sword for us. Oh, my gosh. But I've had problems with, like, my neighbor across the street. That woman was convinced that their dog, who... Only when he's outside, he's on a leash. Mm-hmm. She was walking with her three children, and this woman stopped and started yelling at her, saying, your dog killed a neighborhood cat. Dude, what? With her three kids right there. Oh, my goodness. She just cuckoo you. She's got my neighbor in the back. It's I'll take his name, Ashton Myers. Oh, yeah. She has him blocked, because <gasps> they got into it. Oh, uh-oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> so and funny. that is the tale of how I got kicked out of the neighborhood <laughs> Facebook page. I love that Derek like started the shit and it's then still you get, on there. And you're the one that got kicked out. Some bullshit. <laughs> like Derek. So why oh don't you just gosh. I told him he needs to stay in just to keep abreast of the um Yeah. But there's no drama since the woman's gone. Yeah. Well that's good. I know. <laughs> so anyway, so we will continue um steroid Sally yeah. next week. And uh and so there's anything you want to add? No, I'm I'm very curious to see how it ends like the legal aspect of this case well there's a personal aspect too so it's good okay yeah. okay you'll be like you'll be called texting me saying oh god this is so hard <laughs> yeah okay all right y'all well we'll catch you next week bye guys bye